Pro Extra is the Home Depot's free loyalty program built for pros. Members earn perks just for shopping, like new Pro Extra dollars or tool rental perks. Get exclusive benefits every day that save time and money. And here's an extra extra, $20 off your next in-store purchase of $200 or more, just for signing up. Want to save? Join Pro Extra only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Visit the Pro Desk in-store at homedepot.com slash proextra for details. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Here to set you free. Happy New Year. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back only to Democracy and Talk and glad to have you with us. We are live um, and, uh, uh, you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, what t- what time is it? 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, forget the day and the time with all this craziness. Good to be back with you. I hope you all enjoyed your uh, holidays, your Hanukkahs, your Christmas your Kwanzaas, and your New Year's. It's good to be with you. We have a great guest, Charlie Cook, joining us from Cook Political Report coming up in this hour. I'm excited about that. You should be as well. But right now, let's start it and do a little thing, which we did last year. We'll do it in this year in the new year. Let's ring it in by checking what's ripped. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican from Texas, will object to the certification of Arizona's Electoral College votes tomorrow. That's according to two sources sources uh, who confirmed his plans to Axios. Uh, so why does this matter? Senator Ted Cruz is one of 13 senators now who have threatened to object to President-elect Biden's Electoral College victory. Arizona is at least the third state whose certification Republican lawmakers plan to challenge. Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican from uh, Montana, has said he he will no, he's from Missouri, right? Um, has said he'll object to Pennsylvania certification. While Senator Kelly Laffler, um, a Republican from Georgia, and I say Laffler because a lot of us say Laffler. I've been saying Laffler, but somebody corrected me today. Um, you say Laffler, I say Laffler, right? Uh, a Republican Georgia says she'll object to the uh, Georgia re- results. Um, which is interesting because she's running in the state of Georgia. And if she wins, does that mean that and if she objects to the Georgia results, does that mean that she's questioning whether she, in fact, ran uh, her running against uh, Collins um, was accurate as well? I don't think people understand this. If you object to the presidential election in the state, you're also having to object to the senatorial races and the House races and any other races in that state. And the reason I say that is, yes, there are some states or some ballots within states where you just vote for president, but that's not the norm. It's not the majority. What you have, as I had and many of you had, is you get to vote for who is up for re-election in your state. Now, for House members, that would be everybody in your state because they're a two-year term and that's every two years, right? So then you have 
the the Senate races that are up. And, you know, for some of you, there's there are gubernatorial races and, of course, state legislatures. Um, these all if you are questioning, you cannot just say I'm questioning the person's uh, ballot for Joe Biden, because every ballot that you question that was cast for Joe Biden in Arizona and Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Georgia, you have to question every other candidate that individual voted for, quite frankly. And believe it or not, there are Republicans who voted for Joe Biden, but voted for Republican Senate, voted for Republican House members, voted for Republican governors, voted for Republican state legislators. So um, J- Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican from uh, Missouri, uh, he's going to obs- object to Pennsylvania certification and, and, and Senator Kelly Loeffler to her own state. And and then again, what is the precedent being set? If she wins tomorrow, I'm sorry. I know you think I'm the, the karma biatch of all time, but if she wins tomorrow, shouldn't her uh, victory also be contested? If you were saying that Georgia has a fraudulent and faulty, if it has a faulty uh, voter uh, system, a, a voter a, a fraud a fraudulent ballot system. If you are saying that the state of Georgia's outcome cannot be re- cannot be trusted, then it has to not be trusted. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, folks. I mean that. I'm sorry. Two plus two is not four when it's convenient for you or your party. And why are you not uh, contesting the votes in Mississippi or Alabama? Because there were only four states that counted their mail-in ballots last. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Alabama, Mississippi. Why aren't they contesting those? Because their guy won in those. Why aren't they contesting North Carolina? They didn't announce their results the evening of or the day after the general election because their guy won. This, this is, if you look up the word hypocrisy, hypocrisy, there are pictures of these people in, if not there should be, in the dictionary next to the word hypocrisy. This is the blatant hypocrisy. And I would be as PO'd by, quite frankly, if my party Democrats were doing this as well. Now, Cruz is leading a separate coalition of 11 senators. He will be joined in the House in his Arizona objection by Congressman Andy Biggs, a Republican in Arizona, who, by the way, should give up his own seat if he if he questions there. Uh, The Washington Post uh, first to report on these plans. Now, Cruz is choosing to object to Arizona in an effort to bolster his request for an electoral commission on alleged voter fraud early on in the certification process. States are certified alphabetically. So that means Arizona will be the first battleground state brought to the joint session of Congress. The Trump campaign has repeatedly lost lawsuits, 62 as of this morning, seeking to overturn election results, including in the state of Arizona. But I want to be clear. The Attorney General of the United States, appointed by Donald Trump, Bill Barr, who's had his head so far up Trump's you-know-what, said, no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Homeland Security, no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Federal Election Commission, no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The Supreme Court, 61 courts, no evidence, either knocked down in court or no evidence that you don't have of your claim that we can even put it uh, into a courtroom. 50 states, all 50 of the United States and all 50 governors in those states certified the election that Joe Biden won. He is the president-elect. He will be the president and inaugurated on January 20th and that Donald Trump is leaving. Now, on TV earlier today, Brett Baer said something that I agree with 100 percent. The problem Part of the problem here is, and I'm paraphrasing, but part of the problem is that you have Republican leaders like Ted Cruz not clarifying what they mean because they can contest 
they can argue. But at the end of the day, Donald Trump will not be the next president. Donald Trump will be leaving the White House one way or the other. And Joe Biden will be inaugurated and will be the next president of the United States and is the president-elect. And nothing that these people do in the certification process will change that because Congress, via our Constitution, does not decide the president. They does not decide our elections. Our electoral college does based on the votes of the American people. So what bothers me, too, is that there are a lot of people out there who are not informed, who don't know their Constitution, and who are not being told by these leaders. These leaders are leading them to believe that there's hope for their candidate, Donald Trump. And that's not true. And these people are just doing it, these politicians, for their own political gain. And God is my witness, in 2022, if we don't win in Georgia one or two seats tomorrow, in 2022, I pray for a blue tsunami, if nothing else, to slap these individuals in the face with the constitution of this country that they pissed on for their own political gain and pledging their loyalty, not to their constituents, pledging their loyalty, not to this country, pledging their loyalty, not to the Constitution, violating the very oath that they took this week in support of a man, a man, a man who has a cult-like following. And in four years, even if he runs again, I don't think there'll be as much support for him because Americans have very short memories. That's not my opinion. That's factual. Quote, I assume Quote, I assembled a coalition of 11 senators that we are going to vote to object the electors not to set aside the election. That's very clear. Okay. They are not voting to set aside the election. So any of you watching me right now who are huge Trump supporters or or think that this is going to change the outcome, it isn't. Listen, I assembled a coalition of 11 senators that we are going to vote to object the to the electors not to set aside the election. So their beef is within the states and the electors, but they're not questioning the outcome, okay? I don't think that would actually be the right thing to do. This is what Ted Cruz said on Mark Levin's show yesterday. Quote, but rather to press for the appointment of an electoral commission that can hear the claims of voter fraud, hear the evidence and make a determination as to what the facts are and to the extent in which the law was complied with. You know what? Do it. But after, not now. This is not the time to do it. Everybody wants the person who is rightfully elected to be rightfully elected and to be put in their proper position. And by the way, I don't think those House or Senate members should have been seated because they violated the oath that they put their hand on the Bible and vowed to uphold. They already violated it. That's called sedition. Republicans' objections to the certification process are virtually guaranteed to fail. Democrats hold a majority in the House. A number of Republican senators have condemned their colleagues' efforts. Look at Tom Cotton and Lindsey Graham and I agree on something. You know the Republicans are doing something wrong when uh, two Republicans with those names agree with me. Oh, we don't have time for the rest of this? We're going to take a break when we come back. Are we doing an extended uh, rip today, uh, Yeah, we'll have more time when we come back. Good. More rip from the headlines right after this. I'm Leslie Marshall. Don't go away. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Continuing with what's ripped from the headlines in this year of 2021. 
You want to listen, uh, take a listen to this audio. This is CNN's uh, Jim uh, Skew. How do you say his name? Shudo. Shudo. It is Shudo. Thank you. Um, I was going to say I was going to say it wrong. I don't know why, because I read it more than I hear it. Anyway, here's CNN's Jim Shudo pushing uh, the uh, GOP Congressman Clay Higgins, who will object to certification of electoral votes over baseless claims of election fraud. Take a listen. This is a good exchange. What evidence do you have that the Justice Department does not? Well, I have, listen, we have a preponderance of evidence that election crimes may have been committed in six of the sovereign states, especially of the sovereign states. In Georgia, change the statutory requirements for reviewing signatures. Pennsylvania. Eliminated Actually, that, signature requirements. That, that's not true. The, the Georgia Georgia election official Sterling rejected listen, that I very. Could go on and on, but let me. He just rejected say, it point by point yesterday. So I'm asking, what evidence you have to count to contradict the state Republican election official there, uh, as you're claiming right now? What evidence do you have? Good sir, I, I say again, we have a preponderance of evidence that crimes may have been committed, election crimes. The threshold for investigation cite, is cite, reasonable cite the suspicion. Evidence. Cite one example. I have I've just cited several. You're being rather combative. I do believe you invited me on your show. And I'm willing did, to have but, 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 a, but if, a if someone makes a false claim on my show, you, I will sir. I will I contradict have, it. I and, have and, and, in my office I have in my office right now hundreds and hundreds of pages citing evidence that crimes may have been committed. Give me one example. I'm an investigator. I've already given you several. What, but did you see you're, you're just repeating your talking points? I, I'm not. You but said this is there was a problem verifying doesn't, doesn't signatures. That was contradicted. Media. That was contradicted yesterday in a press conference in Georgia uh, by, by Mr. Sterling and, for instance, on verifying signatures. They, in fact, examined more than 15,000 mail-in ballot envelopes, only found two with signature issues. So, so I, I've contradicted that one. Give well, me another a, again, example. That's, that's a talking point. It is, it is, it is. Again, where is the evidence? I get people all the time. And you know, the sad thing is there's so many people out there that really believe um, that there is there is evidence. And this is why, to me, it's so irresponsible of these elected officials. I have never seen somebody. I just don't get it. Is My question to them is, is it worth it? Is it worth it to betray God, if you will? People prayed to God for this election. God wanted Joe Biden. Um, your country, your party, all for this man. Is it worth it? Seriously. When he leaves, he'll do something else and he'll forget all about you guys, especially if he starts a reality TV show or a talk show on some network. Come on, really, have some dignity. Let's rip another. Atlanta area mail delays, which Postmaster Louis DeJoy promised would improve following a national slowdown last summer, well, they remain far below U.S. postal standards, threatening to disenfranchise thousands of legal voters who mailed in ballots in a pair of pivotal U.S. Senate runoffs this week. Now, according to the most recent, and by the way, so if if, if Loeffler and Purdue win, the people of Georgia, especially Minority voters, specifically African-Americans, could scream voter fraud and try and put the brakes on this. This is the precedent the GOP is setting. 
you know, careful what you wish for. According to the most recent USPS filings in federal court, the agency was processing just 76% of ballots on time as of December 21st in their Atlanta metro region, okay? That covers most of the northern and most populated um, half of the Peach State. Now, that means ballots mailed by Georgia voters three to five days before the runoff elections today, and even some ballots mailed prior to New Year's may not make it to elections offices before the state's January 5th deadline for the votes to count. In case you haven't caught up here, folks, that's called voter disenfranchisement. Uh, while it's impossible to know how many ballots were mailed on any given day, the state reported more than 38,000 mail ballots received by local election officials over the weekend. And that's an indication that tens of thousands of additional ballots are likely still in transit at this very moment. Nearly one million ballots have been cast by mail so far in this runoff race, three million votes total. Now, the USPS Gulf Atlantic region, they covered the southern half of Georgia. They had significantly better marks than Atlanta, but on time performance for first-class mail, it dropped significantly in both regions. That includes from 87% in Atlanta in mid-November to just 54% in mid-December. Now, this would not be voter fraud, but this would be voter disenfranchisement. And this, quite frankly, would be grounds um, uh, for a, a lawsuit, uh, I, I do believe, um, if the outcome is not to the liking of those minority voters' choices. Um, the USPS agreed to treat all ballots as priority express mail. Now, that typically gets delivered within one day. Uh, however, that compromise only came as a result of ongoing litigation from those civil rights groups that challenged dozens of Postmaster Louis DeJoy's cost-cutting and delivery-slowing measures in 2020. So we had civil rights groups like the ACLU going to bat and going to court for the voters just so their ballots would be delivered on time and so their votes would count. I, I mean, I, I seriously, what country are we living in? The agency also added extra staff and deliveries in Georgia leading up to um, election day. How many Republicans do they have overseeing that since they have 8,000 now, not 4,000 watching those counting uh, the, the the ballots? I wonder if people, when they get up to go to the bathroom, go, I'm going to the bathroom. Do you want to come watch me pee? A USPS spokesperson said December's increase in mail impacted scores of all products, but election mail and ballots have always been prioritized and they said they're performing well above other product lines. But despite similar promises to prioritize election mail ahead of the general election, uh, NBCLX found USPS slowdowns disenfranchised thousands of legally cast ballots in key swing states um, this past fall in November. Now, that did include Georgia. More than 5,000 ballots were rejected because they arrived at elections offices after Election Day. And with more than 20 percent of mail delayed in the Atlanta region in early November, it is possible that more than 1,000 of the rejected ballots would have counted if the USPS had simply performed to its historical norms. Most key USPS performance indicators did not improve in November. They deteriorated significantly as the holidays in December approached. Delayed first-class mail tripled nationally from November 14th to the 19th. And uh, even next-day priority express mail saw slowdowns in recent weeks, with USPS records showing on-time performance falling to 88%. And that's nationally. Let's rip another. Uh, local officials are turning to online services like Eventbrite to improvise distribution schemes for the COVID-19 vaccine in the absence of federal support 
and because we don't have a national plan. Millions of lives, along with the country's economic recovery, depend on a speedy and successful rollout of the vaccine, which has failed thus far. But as people hunt, I mean, Marco Rubio, who's in his 40s, is getting a, a vaccine before healthcare workers and the elderly. That is just one of many examples. But as people hunt for scarce information about vaccine availability and delivery processes, there's a lack of coordinated communication, and this risks opening an information vacuum. And what do you have with the vacuum? Misinformation that easily pours in. In Florida, a number of counties are using event platforms like Eventbrite, uh, known for selling concert tickets and coordinating happy hours to schedule COVID-19 vaccine appointments. Um, according to Jesse Ray, a communications specialist for Brevard County in Florida, quote, this is the only option we have right now. Some services like Sign Up Genius are pitching their availability for vaccine scheduling. Counties across the nation are adopting them, not just in Florida. It's not an ideal approach for some populations, especially seniors who aren't internet savvy. They have to turn to newspaper reporters to help schedule their appointments. I'm Leslie Marshall. That's what's written in the headline. Putting up Charlie Cook from the Cook Political Report. You don't want to miss this. Quick break. We'll be back right after that. Don't go away. Hey there, I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy in talk. I'm very excited for our next guest. People often ask me, Leslie, where can you get information that you trust? There are a few places, but one of which is the Cook Political Report. I'm more than uh, thrilled to have today as my first guest in the new year of 2021, Charlie Cook, who's editor and publisher of the Cook Political Report. He's also a political analyst for the National Journal Group and a political analyst for NBC News. Back in 1984, Charlie founded the independent nonpartisan Cook Political Report. Now he has a half a dozen people uh, working on a publication. The New York Times once said it was, quote, a newsletter that both parties regard as authoritative. I agree with that. CBS News' Bob Schiffer says it's the Bible of the political community. The late David Broder of The Washington Post, long considered the dean of the Washington Press Corps, once wrote that Charlie Cook is, quote, perhaps the best nonpartisan tracker of congressional races. Back in 2010, Charlie was the co-recipient of the American Political Science Association's prestigious Carrie McWilliams Award to honor a major journalistic contribution to our understanding of politics. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should, at Charlie Cook, D.C. More than a pleasure to have Mr. Cook with us today. Charlie, may I call you Charlie, if not Mr. Cook? Sure. Yeah, Mr. Cook was my father, and he's gone now. So. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm sure I would have liked him too, and I'm sure I'm sure he's very impressed and pleased with what you're doing. Uh, Charlie, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, so much uh, to talk about. Um, first of all, Donald Trump has been sending mixed messages to the people of Georgia, the voters of Georgia. Uh, one, it's fraud. It's just you know, uh, it's just a mass with fraud. I mean, don't leave your houses. I mean, it's not going to matter. It's not going to count, right? Then we hear him yesterday grandstanding in the northeastern division of the state, section of the state, which is hurting at least when you look at the numbers now compared to the numbers of voters for the general election that came out to support him. Um, you know, he's saying, look, if you're you're going to vote for Venezuela, you know, likening uh, Biden to Maduro and uh, talking about socialism and, and communism, has Trump and his GOP allies, especially people like, you know, Lynn Wood and Sidney Sheldon, has Trump torpedoed the Republican chances in these Georgia runoffs? Because these races are extremely tight. They're, they're virtually tied. I don't know if he's torpedoed it, but he sure as hell hadn't helped him. I mean, I promise you that no Republican consultant is advising what he's doing. But, you know, he's an unguided missile. And 
uh, you know, I think there are a lot of Republican strategists and officials that will be glad when he's gone, although they still worry about how much of a menace he still will be. But you know, there's no question this is this is not helping at all. And this is I would argue that uh, Georgia is the most closely divided state in the country, that every day it's a tiny bit less Republican than it was be- the day before. Um, and that um, this race was is dead even. And, uh, you know, some of the campaigns have stopped doing overall polls because they know it's plus or minus one or two points. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing is polling specific groups, African-Americans, soft Republicans, Latinos, uh, you know, I mean, they're just for messaging purposes. But this is a dead even race, Leslie. You know, Charlie, you've been doing this a long time. And um, have you ever seen anything like this when you have Republicans saying like, what is the downside for humoring him, talking about Trump, for this little bit of time? No one seriously thinks the results will change. Have you ever seen this cult-like following, uh, whether it's Democrat or Republican, of an individual? And and quite frankly, some of them, uh, look at Cory Gardner, for example. He pledged his allegiance to Donald Trump knowing he had his own head on the, on the butcher block. I, do, I just don't get this. Well, it, it's, I mean... I I understand exactly what you're saying for a lot of these guys. If they if they keep a distance, they hurt themselves with the base. And if they put their arms around them, they hurt themselves with swing voters. And the immediate danger when you're in a campaign is to lose your primary or to lose your base. And they kind of go for the the delayed the delayed uh, uh, bad effects, but they're, they're they're in you know these guys. I know Corey Gardner. He was in a no-win situation. I mean, there was nothing. There was literally nothing he could do that could satisfy the base and those suburban swing voters that were going to make the difference. And you know, at least he can sleep at night because he knows that there's not a damn thing he could have done differently that would have won the race for him. Whether it's contesting the election results, uh, talking about fraud, saying, okay, time to move on, is there what looks like through the media to the voters a civil war that's in the Republican Party? And will there be further fragmentation of the party going forward? Because some people are saying, look, I mean, there's the Trump Party and then there's the Republican Party. Yeah, no, there's no question there's a civil war uh, going on in the Republican Party. Now, I would suggest, though, that Anytime you see a problem in one party, if you look hard enough, you can find a parallel problem with the other. I mean, four or five months ago, a lot of us were talking about the war that was going to happen between the progressive wing of the Democratic Party and the Biden wing if Democrats had picked up four or five Senate seats and all this about what would the agenda be aggressively progressive or not. Um, So these, these, these tensions are there. But to have someone just pouring gasoline on a fire the way he does is, uh, you know, we've never seen anything like this. In Georgia, if the Republicans, Purdue and Loeffler win in this runoff, um, does that fuel the, the fire and the possibility that Trump won't go away and will come back in 2024 more so and that more Republicans will pledge their allegiance to him? In other words, will they give him credit for their victories? I would flip it around and say if they lose both, does this help expedite or diminish his clout within the party? Um, and use 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 that uh, as as a framework because uh, he will take 
he is he will get the blame, and I think he'll deserve a lot of blame um, if if they lose both of these seats. Um, um, but you know, the thing is, it's kind of a double or nothing. My guess is that you know Democrats are either going to win both or lose both, but a split outcome is probably the least likely alternative. Although you know, as close as it is, obviously it could happen. But um, I think it. I mean, I think a lot of Republican elected officials they're going to be trying to test, okay, how, how, what's the threshold that they've got to show allegiance to President Trump, but what's the limit where it starts really hurting them? And to try to kind of calibrate this. And, and it's, uh, you know, good luck with that. I mean, it's, it'll be like threading a, threading a needle. And, uh, but um, I think in the Senate, uh, you know, you're seeing some, you know, more freedom there. Uh, than in the House. But in the House, uh, it'll be very interesting to see a conservative leader like Liz Cheney, who is taking a principled stand sort of with the Constitution. Uh, does that help her or does that hurt her among House Republicans? You know, I tend to think no good deed goes unpunished. But, uh, um, you know, we'll see. Because is it can you do can you do that in that House? I don't know. And have a future. Talking about punish, um, what is the likelihood that Democrats in the state of Georgia, if Purdue and Loeffler are victorious in this runoff election, uh, that they uh, contest the results using the exact same rhetoric that we've heard from Republicans in the state of Georgia with regard to the general election? Oh, I don't know. I mean, for example, Democrats chose to not contest the second district of Iowa Mm -hmm. uh, where the margin was six votes, I mean, six. Yep. But because by doing that, they would appear to be hypocritical on, on that, you know, when a vote's certified, it's certified. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know. You'd have to look and see whether it, you know, how legit it really, it really looks or not. Um, uh, you know, the thing is, if you're not going to overturn it, I'd say turn the corner and start working on the governor's race in 2022. Um, and, and, you know, do it that way. But And uh, Donald Trump will help that race because he's going to campaign against the Republican governor. We're going to take a break, Charlie. We'll come right back. When we come back, we're going to talk about a very interesting hour of dialogue that we heard uh, with the president and uh, Secretary of State, Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Ruffensberger. Um, and uh, again, uh, things that you never thought would you'd hear in your lifetime. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. And we are back with Charlie Cook, editor and publisher of the Cook Political Group. And like I said, uh, he is also a political analyst for NBC News and for the National Journal Group. Please follow him on Twitter. You won't be sorry you did at Charlie Cook, D.C. Charlie, thank you for holding. Um, welcome back. Uh, so much to talk about. And I, I, I want to talk about that phone call. Um, you know, there are people that are saying this is 
a federal crime, people that are saying it's a state crime. There, there are two congressional members asking the FBI to look into this. There are people talking censure and people talking impeachment. Um, first, have you ever seen anything or heard anything like this uh, in your time? People are saying this is worse than Watergate. Uh, why are so many Americans and even more so elected officials on the Republican side of the aisle uh, remaining silent about this? Uh, most people know how disgusting and how damaging and how criminal, uh, quite frankly, this is, this conversation and the content of this conversation more so, which is more troubling, uh, between the president of the United States and the secretary of state uh, in Georgia. Well, you know, people compare it to Richard Nixon and Watergate, but Richard Nixon was never stupid. I mean, <laughs> you know, he was wrong, but I mean, this is just, you know, how dumb can you be to do something like this? But, um, you know, I mean, it just goes to, uh, we, we saw what happened to Senator Jeff Flake and Bob Corker when they criticized President Trump, and they got to the point where they couldn't even run for renomination. You saw what happened to Mark Sanford, to uh, Francis Rooney, the House member in, in Florida. I mean, the there's about 55, 60% of Republicans that have zero tolerance for disagreeing, for criticism of the president. Just none. And... You know, the last edition of Profiles in Courage, sadly, has gone to the printer. So uh, they just, you know, I mean, you can bet that most of them grumble when they talk to reporters and friends and, and staff and stuff. But, but you know, they're just not going to step out front and they figure this will be over before too long. And, you know, they'll have other things to worry about, but not this. Uh, but it, no, it, it is absolutely excusable. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know if it was criminal or not. Um, and whether Georgia wants to take it up or not, you know, I don't know. But uh, um, it, it sure as hell didn't help Kelly Loeffler and, and, and David Perdue. That's for sure. Well, I was going to ask you that. You read my mind. Um, how, how does this help uh, Democrats John Ossoff and uh, Reverend Raphael uh, Warnock? Um, you know, with the president asking uh, Brad Ruffensberger to find more than 11,000 votes? Well, you know, the, the Democrats really did come out in really big numbers in terms of early vote. And the question on was, were Republicans going to be able to get enough Election Day vote to, to catch up? But this adds a question of, will there be some Democrats who probably weren't going to vote on Election Day who see this and are so appalled that that adds more, there'd be more Democrats voting today than there otherwise would be. I mean, it's hard to imagine, I can't imagine any more Republicans than would have happened. And it could sure discourage some soft Republicans, some, you know, suburban Republicans who, who you know, they like their tax cuts and their, you know, less regulation and, low, you know, all that, but, uh, but don't like him. Uh, you know, this could keep a few of them home. But, you know, when, it's, when a race is this, this close, any little thing can make a difference. And this isn't that little. Well, like you said, he will be blamed. He will be given the uh, uh, the, the victory or he will be uh, given uh, the, the blame. You know, a lot of Republicans have said that they were hoping that the candidates would pivot away from Trump. That doesn't seem to be what Loeffler and uh, Purdue are doing. Uh, you know, they're both, you know, uh, backing this contesting of, uh, you know, Joe Biden, you know, being president, the outcome of this election. 
Um, are, are you surprised? Because they have kind of gone back and forth in whether they're going to align themselves with Trump or not based on how it benefits them or not. Yeah, I, I think the decision was, and both sides feel that this is basically a turnout race, that there's not much yep. persuasion to be done. It's just who does a better job of getting their, their, their people out. And one of the things that we did learn on November 3rd is that while there were a whole lot more people who disliked and disapproved President Trump, and some of them felt passionately about that, when you looked over on the Trump side, it was a smaller number, but boy, there were even more incredibly intense people on that side than we knew because they were fighting above their 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 weight class. I mean, they really did. I mean, they pulled they pulled a lot more votes than anybody thought they were going to get. That that I don't think many people thought that they would be able to add much to their 2016 totals. But they did. And so uh, this was just simply a base play. It's like, you know what, if, if this is what they we've got to just give them what they want. Um, uh, this is no time to improvise. And, you know, maybe it'll work. Maybe 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 it won't. Uh, but I do think that this will give some guidance to Republicans for the next two years about uh, how close do they want to to align themselves with him over the longer haul. Um, so, you know, we'll see, but, uh, I just want this damn thing to be over. (laughs) I'm with you. I just want to wake up and, you know, could we ever move forward? Do people realize we're in the midst of a pandemic and we have a new strain that's hit our shores in New York and California. And now there's another strain they're saying even more deadly. Come on. Um, but I want to talk. I want to talk about that point that you just made with regard uh, to, uh, the president, Donald Trump, who won't be president, um, as of January 20th, will, do, do you think he will run again in 2024, A? And do you think the support for him will be as strong? Because, at least in my experience over the years, Americans have short memories. Yeah, I don't think... First of all, I wondered whether his psyche could handle losing once. And and it doesn't look like he's... It handled- can't. <laughs> I really look. I, I mean, I don't know the guy, but I really don't think that he could psychologically deal with two losses, and that he wants to be the center of attention. He doesn't want it to be a three-ring circus. He wants it to be a one-ring circus, and he's in the middle of it. But I don't think he'll risk losing twice. So I, but I think he will jack around all the Republicans that are planning on running in 2024, and um, you know, make things. Um, I mean, I think that they'll be able to move around the country a good bit, like pretending like they're campaigning for, you know, a, a Republican in the Senate, in New Hampshire and in Iowa and, you know, things like that. But they've got to be very, very, very careful because this guy could just take a swipe at him and and set him back a long way. But uh, I, I think this will be a testing period for, for Republicans to try to calibrate. Uh, how far away from him can they distance and how much can they start to rework their party? Because their party is in grave danger. It really needs to demographically reposition. But the more active, the more visible, uh, the more leverage that he has within the party, the less Republicans are able to retool themselves for, you know, the next 50 years. Do you think there'll be anything, uh, any result or outcome or punishment, even a slap on the hand 
uh, to uh, President Trump for that phone call, for the content? I doubt it. I mean, I, I, you know, from what I can tell, you have to show intent. Did you intend to subvert the election? And, um, you know, I kind of doubt that uh, uh, I kind of doubt you could get a conviction, particularly, you know, again, I'm not in Georgia, but uh, I'm not a lawyer. But uh, uh, getting a unanimous verdict against Donald Trump in the state of Georgia uh, would be pretty hard if that's the, if that's the threshold. So my guess is they, they, they won't. But um, uh, and the Democrats might be better advised just to move on. You know, Georgia Democrats ought to focus on electing Stacey Abrams governor in right. 2022. And, you know, Biden and his administration have an agenda. Do they really want to be seen as carrying on a legal jihad against yeah. against Trump? I'd say, you know, let the let the D.A. in New York do whatever he's going to do. We're not we're not chasing after this. We've got things to do. We've got to fix things. Senator Chuck Grassley said that tomorrow uh, that he uh, will be um, doing Mike Pence's job if the vice president happens not to be there. How likely do you think that is? I don't know if there's stairs in the vice president's man residence, but, but you know, he could take a tumble tomorrow, you know, tonight and she's not, you know, have to be at Georgetown or GW Hospital at the time they're doing this. Uh, something may happen that, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, God knows he, he'd rather be anywhere else on the planet. Uh, I don't feel sorry for him, but I almost do. Yeah, well, he, he, he made his bed, right? Charlie, it's been more than a pleasure. I'm a big fan of yours, and I do trust uh, the Cook Political Report. Got Thank it. you. I'm as well. Yeah, absolutely. Charlie, thank you. Charlie Cook, editor and publisher of the Cook Political Group. Like I said, follow him on Twitter at Charlie Cook DC. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Wear your mask, social distance, and avoid those gatherings indoors. We got to beat this thing. Happy New Year. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Do-it-yourself doesn't have to mean all by yourself. Help is as close as homedepot.com slash workshops. Now with free DIY live stream workshops. Live hands-on courses from real expert associates. Learn how to install floor tile, create a tile backsplash, replace a thermostat, and more. All from the best seat in the house, yours. To register, go to homedepot.com slash workshops. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.